This is the Plot Blueprint Podcast, where we will be discussing all sorts of aspects of story. Welcome back, writers. Uh, This is the Plot Blueprint Podcast, and we're going to talk today about getting started on your story. You know, when you have kind of a basic idea or concept, and you want to see how to develop it. Today we're going to talk about, you know, where you get your ideas, where an idea can start, a story idea can start, and... um, Think about it. Where do you start? A story can really start from any one of a number of angles. And your task then is to fully develop that and also bring in the other aspects of story. So we have captured and uh, the, the types of story starting places uh, with the acronym SPICE, S-P-I-C-E. So it's setting, plot, idea, character, event. So James, where would you say you usually start? Which of those five? Uh, I almost exclusively start from character. So you start with a person or a group of people? Uh, Pretty much everything I've ever written in my head starts with two characters having a conversation. I've had that too. One thing to keep in mind (laughs) is that when we talk about character, we can be talking about a relationship with more than one character or a group, like an ensemble cast. Um, I, because I write romance, I also, I also sometimes start with exactly like you said, two characters having conversation, and then you got to figure out what they're talking about and who they are and all that. Yes. I think because I write in a particular historical setting, my absolute basic start is usually setting. So it's I write in Regency England, which is England in the early eighteen or, or early eighteen hundreds, and but. That's just sort of the default. And then the next thing, when I really start to write this story, I think I generally start with a couple, a relationship, not just a single character. Well, I mean, so it's, I think it's important to say that by the time you're done, all of these elements should be uh, brought in and should tie, uh, you know, your story together. Yes. And uh, so (laughs) let's start with the yes, the setting. Um, Now, the setting is time place the world like i write in regency england so the place is england the time is the regency period which is early 18th century or early 1800s um but there's also such what we'd call world which is might be like a fantasy world like lord of the rings middle earth yes so so it can be time and place or it can be bigger than that or it can be smaller than that harry potter takes place at hogwarts which is a boarding school and setting is really not a bad uh, place to start uh, because, you know, you're starting out very, very, like, with a very wide uh, view. And for a lot of people, uh, going from, you know, this large, zoomed-out view and then focusing to bring out the detail is uh, either easier for them or just better for their process. I also think it if you're going to write a big kind of epic thing, it doesn't hurt to start with at least a really good idea of the world. I think that in fantasy stories and some science fiction, all that, the, the world, the readers, the audience wants to have a sense of this big world that, it, like Battlestar Galactica, it's not just, you know, this group of people, it's this ship, it's this galaxy that has been blasted. Um, and something, well, I mean, then, think about Game of Thrones. And then due to budget, they walked down the same two hallways. Yeah, <laughs> Star Trek was like that too, let's face it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's expensive to do a live action sci-fi. Right, a science fiction story, yes, definitely. But 
one thing, if you, you know, starting with setting means that you can build the world and then put the people in it. Yes. And so Game of Thrones, it isn't just, you know, the way it looks or what it is, but it's who's at war with another. Each of the kingdoms had their own kind of specialty and uh, uh, and history. And so building a world can be more than just saying, okay, it's, you know, set in Amsterdam in 1642. Yeah, and I mean, Game of Thrones, I don't think anyone has detailed their self-made world uh, in more with more detail than George R. R. Martin. It's, it's interesting to see when writers create an entire world for this. And then you see that a lot in science fiction. You see it in a series like the Star Trek movies or the Star Wars movies. Uh, I, I remember in college, I, I read a whole lot of William Faulkner, and he created his own county in Mississippi, Yapnapatofa County. And I think almost every book he wrote took place in Yapnapatofa County, or there were a couple that took place elsewhere, but they were characters from Yapnapatofa. And he actually would draw a map. I love maps at the beginning of the book. He'd draw a map of the county. And it's basically like northeast Mississippi, um, and it's near where he grew up. But it had a river going through it. He knew where the villages were and the little tiny hamlets, and he knew where the big town was, and he knew the county seat. He had it all figured out. And I think Game of Thrones, in a much larger scale, of course, is basically most of Europe, half of Asia probably, uh, was also done with that kind of meticulous thing where, uh, where it really helps to have a map. If you're tempted to draw a map, that means you're probably starting with setting. Yeah, and I mean, so somewhere online I I saw an interactive uh, um, map of Westeros, and like you can click on any spot in Westeros, and it will tell you the minor lord mm-hmm. uh, that uh, is in charge of that uh, spot, and it will go through from the uh, most minor lord. Uh, all the way up to the great lords that uh, rule there. And, I mean, he wrote a whole history book about the history of Westeros. It's 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 extraordinary. It's a great achievement. I think when I was writing, I wrote Regencies I've written for a long time. There's a whole group of us who are online early, and we decided that the Regency of novels is basically a created kingdom like Westeros, that you had the king, Prince Regent, the crazy King George. You also had the major kingdoms. There was just, you know, there was London, and then there was Bath, which is the resort people went to. And so there were all these different areas. And then you had all your lords in the different areas and um, famous historical people. It was a historical place. It was a historical setting, but we made it fictional. Yeah, and and that was really fun. And I we didn't start it. Georgette Hare Hire was the had oh fifteen or twenty books set in that t- uh, time period, and she really started the whole thing that you know the old ladies went to Bath, and that London you you went to London for the season, which started in June, and you had or it was April to June, and there were balls and there was all this. She started kind of some of the customs probably existed, some she made up. And that's the this kind of invented world that all of us write in. And what I learned is the things that you need to consider if you have a setting, however big or however small, what are the customs? What are the time landmarks? You know, as I said, the, the season would start after Easter in April and it would go until the king's birthday in June. And so that would be a, 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 a date in the calendar, a time in the calendar every year, these recurring events. 
uh, and that this is and then the customs how people dealt with each other what rules they had to follow you like you couldn't travel on Sunday and but so all these kind of customs that you um, that men had to wear tie their cravats their ties a certain way and women couldn't wear petticoats um, a, um, of a certain uh, thickness and, and things like that there were there were all these kind of wardrobe customs courtesy customs social customs rules laws and all that which if you're going to write in that time you have to have a really good idea about um, obviously it's easier to kind of create it on your own as uh, George R. R. Martin did maybe not maybe it's easier just to buy into it and read the books about it uh, I mean just you know as someone who has uh, created worlds uh one thing that's difficult is every once in a while you start thinking about something and then you're like, okay, but so in this city, in this nation, in this world I've created, you know, what what is their favorite sport? Oh, I don't know. Why would I? <laughs> I don't want to have to think about this. I always said the worst time I would try to write fantasy, it was supposed to be taking place on a different world or something like that, or in a mythical world, coming up with names for common things in English. And so, what do you call a horse on this world? You don't call him a horse because that sounds like you know. I was just no good at any of that. I'm not even. I'm not good at naming, and uh, so that was hard. But the thing is, is if you start with setting, often you love this stuff. Yeah. I mean, George R. R. Martin loved it. Stephen King loved creating. What's the name of the the place in Dark Tower? Um. Oh, the Dark Tower world. Yeah, because there are I, several places. I don't think it has a name. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever named. But they love, this is something that the people who do this the, the, uh, enjoy. J.R.R. Um, Tolkien loved creating Middle-earth. So if you start with setting, you probably already like this. Oh, Mid-World. Else. What am I Mid-world. talking about? Okay. Um, and um, so anyway, but it's, it's really a kind of interesting. Also, remember, it doesn't have to be a huge monster epic world. Um the Harry Potter world, there is a certain, there are things outside of Hogwarts, there are people who come from other schools, there's the Muggles world and all that, but basically the world is Hogwarts. Yes, and, and as I've said before, quite possibly the best world building uh, anyone has ever done. Yeah, because she invented um, customs. And... Yeah, and so, I mean, the, she has an, she created a world where uh in a way, there are almost no rules, so she can just be like, "Oh yeah, the staircases move." Yeah, that's and like, it's oh, magic. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's Hogwarts. Of course, that would happen. I um, I think what what she did very well also though is she controlled it. Yeah, this is a boarding school. It's like, and there's a whole genre of fiction, which I'm sure it's only read in Great Britain, which is boarding school fiction, and where the the story will take place over the year a year in the boarding school, and so. At the beginning of each Hogwarts or each Harry Potter story, it's just before the school begins, and it goes to the end of the school year. So you already have the time all figured out, and the big question in the middle is, where's Harry going to go for Christmas? Yeah. And uh, in the middle, and, and uh, <clears throat> but there's also she created the land, the campus of Hogwarts, and the little village next to it, and. So as you said, the the actual building of Hogwarts kind of changes a lot because of the magic. But that's part of that that. World. And and it totally fits in the rules that uh, she set up. And I mean, so with the the time aspect of the setting tying that back into character, uh, and then the audience grew up with the characters. It's yeah. 
brilliant. I mean, she's a genius. That there, these books have no right to be as good as they, they are. Children, but, children are lucky <clears throat> to have grown up with that. The thing is that notice that both I would say both the Dark Tower series, Tim King series, and the Harry Potter series are just as much about the characters as about the setting. Yes. But neither of them could possibly have taken place in a, any other place. That's how we know you start with setting, and the setting's really important, is this story has to take place here. Well, I'm, yes, but I would say the Dark Tower, I would say he started out with the character of Roland. Right, I think that was the start. Uh, but it was, but, it was yeah. a, a person in exile within this person. Yes, if you, quest. if you put Roland in Middle-earth instead, it would be a completely different... Uh, It'd be a completely different series. And what's fun about the Dark Tower series, every now and again, he goes to our world. Yes. And he's completely the fish out of water. Yes. And and he, he, he and that's really fun, because then we get to see him in his regular setting, where he is not necessarily totally in command, but he knows what to do. And then he gets to New York City in 1973, and he's just, just completely confused. Another thing that is great about starting with setting is something that I always pitch is setting as a character uh when you're starting out with the setting and that's what you're first thinking about it's much easier to figure out what the character arc uh mm-hmm. for your uh setting is i mean so going back to uh the harry potter novels uh hogwarts each book is a year so hogwarts has events that happen throughout uh the throughout the year so Right there already, you know, a normal boarding school year is an arc for the character of Hogwarts. Then you bring in Harry and Hermione uh, and Ron and the other less important characters, and everything they do also adds to that and impacts uh, what's happening. And so starting out with setting, it's very easy, it's much easier to treat uh, your setting as a character because you are uh, either creating that art first or you are you know borrowing elements from uh you know other things that you're inspired uh by to create that arc that's i think it's important as you said the the whole idea of the character well characters setting is character characters change characters do things well the setting does things too and that's why it's really kind of a good idea to figure out the calendar for your if you're in a small town in the summer maybe there are three parades there's memorial day parade there's Fourth of July parade, there's Labor Day parade. I call these sort of the landmarks, the time marks. You know, what are the important sites in this place? What are the important events in this place that are the, the routines, the customs, you know, the things that happen? So, keep it, so that's just can really help you kind of control the story better, especially if you're doing more than one story. Yes, and so another thing, another reason it can be a good idea to start with uh, setting is that the setting... Al- most of the time sets the tone uh, or at least sets up uh, for you as the author to uh, set the tone because, I mean, so if your story takes place in a small Midwestern town, most likely the tone is going to be very different if instead your story is set on the moon. Yeah, and I think, <sighs> you know, it's it's really, is it is it... Also, the world includes people. The moon includes very few people. But, you know, we both saw that movie, Ad Astra, mm-hmm. where he stops on the moon, and it's now been colonized, and it's like a great big 
shopping mall pretty much for earthlings, but there are also pirates everywhere uh, who are trying to uh, capture uh, people who are moving goods back and forth. And so there, the moon, which you think of as barren, has become peopled, but in a, in a crass and commercial way, an unattractive way. Um, and um, I thought, I think that it's, it can very much help for you to figure out um, what, what your setting is and what you're going to do with it. I had a I was going to set a whole series of stories. I haven't done it yet. I got the idea pretty well planned out. But in a small town in Michigan, on the lake, Lake Michigan, and then I moved it to Indiana because I live in Indiana and I know the laws and I know what what the landscape is like more. So I moved it to the the little bit of Indiana, which is on Lake Michigan. And so I was just doing it just like generic small town, generic small town. People gossip. People know each other. I kind of There's a drugstore that everybody goes and gets their prescription. The pharmacist gossips about things, you know. Um, but it was so generic. And then I finally, what can I do to make it unique? And I decided I was going to name it. I was going to name it Shakespeare Falls. Why? I don't know. But I thought, oh, okay. So because it's called Shakespeare Falls, I can do something with that. That the theater does only Shakespeare plays or something like that. I could, or every street's named after Othello or Hamlet or something like that. And just finding one little thing to make it unique. If you have something that where the setting looks like it's going to become generic, what can you do to make it unique? Yeah, and there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with starting out uh, with a very generic setting. Literally, all of us will understand... Small town. Uh, yeah, so, so generic small town. Okay, so we understand, okay, so there's the courthouse in the cute little downtown uh i mean especially in indiana mm-hmm. if you are a small town and you don't have a cute little like three block by three block downtown then i, I don't have any use for you <laughs> um but um but so you know we'll know it's like uh, oh yeah generic small town so there's like you know there's like the two mailmen and there's the barber shop and mm-hmm. uh things like that. there's nothing wrong with starting out with that and then as you think about it more, you can flesh it out more and add detail, mm-hmm. uh, add uh, little uh, eccentricities and unique aspects. But I, I mean, no one Hogwarts didn't start out as crazy as it ended up being in J.K. Rowling's head. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. It started out as a normal boarding school with magic. I, I I would even I if if she said at first I was just going to write a normal boarding school. <laughs> story and then I realized they had magic later. I would absolutely believe that. It's it's just important to you know, if and I would say that's a you know, get your pen out and a piece of paper and draw a map. Um, draw a timeline. You know, make a little as if, you know, it's a, the small town historical society, make a little history. Uh, a paragraph or two about history. Um, it's I think a friend of mine who who uh, is very clued in on this sort of thing, she said the, the audience is, 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 is the life becomes more and more virtual and we live more and more online people are going to crave what they think of as a more authentic experience so a small town uh, an enclosed society of some kind of convent or uh, a university or something like that something that is narrower and people have a lot more personal interaction with each other so just a thought I mean that these small town stories um, it doesn't mean you don't have to have a great big scope we're watching Deadwood now right and there are all sorts of big issues that are dealt with, even though it's a small town. Or because it's a small town. Yes. I'm very upset that you outed me that I haven't seen Tedford. Well, you've seen a <laughs> yeah. lot of it. So, uh, but, that's, you know, it's just, when you think, of why do you want to write in this setting? I mean, think about it. Westerns are about 
you know, epic ideas about the frontier, about kind of primal clashes between groups. And so even when you take the Western idea into a different time, like Firefly, the Joss Whedon story, is a, a, a Western that's set in outer space. Pretty yes. Much. And you still have the ra- the raiders and the and the dispute land disputes and and people wearing stetson hats and things like that 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 it's the western and outer space. Yeah, and so when you start out with setting like that, it's also a really simple way to figure out how to subvert tropes. Which mm-hmm. again, we tropes aren't bad. The uh, tropes are commonly accepted sort of yeah, plot situations. So, Tropes can be bad mm-hmm. um, if they're cliches. Yeah, uh, or if you know, so yeah, so like the cliche of the damsel in distress is like, okay, well, why can't why can't Snow White save the Huntsman every Just once in a while? Yeah, which but so I mean, in the recent Kristen Stewart movies, like that's exactly what happened, which is great. Um, but um, also, I would say uh, for very specifically for. Uh, video games starting out with uh, setting has been very useful especially games where you aren't playing a single uh, already written character uh, that's sort of a game with a character creator mm-hmm. uh, and uh, choices that uh, you can make uh, so the, the reason so games like the fallout games um, uh, or Skyrim. But they all have, even if they're different, because you said Fallout takes place in different cities. Yes. But what's the kind of common conceit there? What is the, is that this is after a nuclear disaster? Yeah, so Fallout, basically, American culture stopped in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... And there was some... So, just to keep it real simple, the Soviet Union fell, China became the dominant uh, power that was against the United States. They had a nuclear war, and very few people survived in vaults, which were, like, huge underground bomb shelters. Okay, <clears throat> and so it might take place in a different city. You said Fallout Vegas was your favorite, but wherever it is, this series of games deals with the places that have been affected by yes. the apocalypse and are devastated and different because of that. The Mad Max movies are also like that. They take place in an apocalyptic landscape, even if they're not always the same uh, place. Uh, yeah, and so why I say for games like this, starting out with setting, is a great place to start is because if you're allowing the player to create the character and make decisions as the character, you don't know what they're going to create and the decisions they're going to make. But what you can control is the choices that they're presented through the setting. Right, and that's very good, and that is helpful when we get to the point where we're talking about more about plot and character, is that the setting limits and at the same time creates new options. Yes. And, and uh, to, for, the, for you, the creator. Um, I, I think that also with video games, the word is, first word is video, and setting is much more visual than perhaps the plot is, or idea, some of the other things we're talking about. Um, and so in a visual medium, it really helps to have a good grasp of setting. I'd say it's also important in a print, print medium um, because uh, as the characters inhabit this world, the reader or the audience might want to inhabit this world too. But I think it's, you probably don't want a generic setting in any kind of visual medium like games or film or TV. 
uh, too generic, I think. Uh, so Frasier takes place in Seattle. You know, Cheers takes place in Boston. Some of the same characters, but very different settings. Yes, and very different. And those two shows have very different uh, tone. I mean, both are sitcoms, but the the comedic tone and the comedic style of these two shows are very, very different. Um, and so, so that's just some of the thing. Well, okay, so let's say you start with setting. What do you need to do? What questions do you need to ask? Where do you want to go from there? So setting. What if you were going to create a? Pl- you start with a setting. Uh, maybe you've got other books already in the series, but you're starting with the setting. What's the first thing you do if you want to create a story out of that? Uh, I mean, so I think that it's. I think it's sort of dependent on you as an individual uh, writer. That's so like if you want to. I probably wouldn't go from setting to um, emotion myself, but for other people that might be... Actually, I mean, that might actually be really intuitive, um, but you're never going to go wrong with uh, going from any of these to character or plot. Um, yeah, I think of It's a Wonderful Life, the the, the great Frank Capra movie, uh, Jimmy Stewart movie. That is a... Small town setting. It's not generic because it's got issues. It seem, It might seem. It, it always reminds me of the Back to the Future town too. In fact, I'm sure that Back to the Future is actually modeled on It's a Wonderful Life. But both of these seem like fairly generic small towns until you get into, um, you know, that there's this conflict between the bank and the savings and loan, and or building and loan. That there's conflict between the wealthy people in town and the working class people in town. And the first thing you see really is conflict. The second, and then what character comes out of this conflict? He's supposed to be a good guy, so he's on the side of the working class and poor. He's not on the side of the rich. So we we are evolving as soon as you figure out the setting and you figure out sort of the central conflict that makes this more unique, then you can figure out, you can start to figure out character. And so the Jimmy Stewart character comes out of this conflict of, um, of someone who's on the side of the working class and the poor in the town, and he set himself up against the, which is the central conflict. He sets himself yes. up against the rich banker, uh, Mr. Potter, and that is what's going to cause, you know, the, his the disaster, which almost ruins his life. And, but I mean, so again, but what makes this such a great film is the setting, plot, uh, idea, character, emotion that they all tie in together at some point, and they all. Um, they all work together, and uh, also, I mean, so it's important for these aspects of your story to bounce off of each other, and uh, so develop each other and react uh, to each other. Because if you've got a great setting and great character, but your plot isn't interesting, it's like, okay, you can have the greatest character in the world, but if they're not, if they don't have anything. Uh, interesting, uh, opposing them, or that they have to overcome. Well, who cares? And that's where, in that case, you look to the setting to see what is the conflict in this place. Yes. Uh, I also think, you know, just as we say, okay, the setting, the story, if you were starting with setting, the story should be, it could only take place here. I also think that, also, this character could only come out of this place. So, or only be in this place. Like Harry Potter, it could only be really in Hogwarts for his story to work out. 
uh, the Jimmy Stewart, George Bailey, the Jimmy Stewart character in It's a Wonderful Life, he could only, this particular character could only come out of Bailey Corners. Yes, and I mean... The town named after his family. George Bailey, great character, would make zero sense at Hogwarts. Yes, yes. He's, <laughs> even though he has connections with angels. But <laughs> but, uh, but I think that also, you know, then the... the uh, we'll get more into this later, but, you know, the idea comes out of the... Okay, what is it about the small town? He can never leave the small town. This character, he tries to escape. He constantly tries to escape and something stops him. And he even tries to escape through suicide. But, and something stops it. But something has to stop him because this town needs him. And this story and is as much about the town as it is about Yes, him. and what George Bailey eventually learns is he needs this gee-dang little town, too. <laughs> yes, that's that's a great... Uh, that's a great film to watch if you want to see the interaction how setting creates character and how setting creates the plot i mean but also it, it's also a great film to watch um which um a, a great film to watch taking a something generic small a small town in america and uh fleshing it out and coming up with great interesting unique details to uh you know, bring bring the setting to life. In fact, the you know the big thing is the big question is okay. So, is George really important? Does George's life have any effect? And of course, then you have the central thing where he goes, he gets a look at what this town would be if he hadn't been there, and we see the contrast between uh, the, the the rather you know quiet small town and then the wild mini Vegas that it would be if he had not live there uh and i do think it's also important it's, it's interesting to watch that along with back to the future where the 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 town of back to the future is sort of physically actually modeled i think on on a, uh the it's a wonderful life but you can see well from that you see that starts with setting a small town small town after world war ii what are we doing with it um so what are some other questions so where do you go from the setting i think the big thing is look at the setting what is the conflict if it's a yes. town in the south like uh, to kill a mockingbird after World War II, the conflict is going to be civil rights, the, the racial issue, lynching, things like that. That's going to be the conflict. It's If you write about a small town in the South in the 1950s and 60s and you don't deal with that, uh, why are you? Why don't you just set it in Indiana? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's the great episode of Quantum Leap uh, set in a small town in the South. I don't remember what year it was, but it was definitely after World War II, but that... Uh, I mean, really, there's multiple uh, quantum leap episodes there, but that in each one of those, the the setting leads directly, and in the episode I'm thinking of, sort of right away into the conflict, which in that episode is, you know, uh, uh, racial. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking for the um, the conflict between. Uh, the black and white uh, community in the small southern town. Well, quantum leap is something that actually brings up something I was thinking. And there's like Highway to Heaven and Route 66 and, and things where you have continuing characters who go to new places. That becomes even more important that each of those places, you identify yes. what's unique about it. I've got uh, just uh, the series of Regency Mysteries I'm doing. There are different murders. They all happen in different places. And so it's really important for me to figure out who would get murdered in this place? Why are my characters there in this place? Um, you know, what, what does the murder say about this place? And I haven't, the book I'm working on now, I really haven't identified that. And that's, it's it's one of the things that's keeping me from kind of freely writing it is I'm not really clear who the murder victim is and why is he in this place and why did someone murder him? Because it has something to do with that place, uh, I assume. 
So another question is, what sort of people live here? Uh, yes, that, I mean, that, that leads you, that will most likely lead you into, uh, character, but also, I mean, uh, so at the same time, uh, which of this really is a question about, uh, setting, but this is something that directly ties character, uh, and setting, uh, together, uh, but also plot mm-hmm. as well, because most likely whatever your story is, other people are going to be the cause of the conflict and uh, the tension. Mm-hmm. And so right there in Spice, setting, plot, character, uh, tied together, working together to further your story. Uh, I guess it's Bedford Falls, I guess is a place I said Bailey Corner, because that's what I think of it, it's the way George Bailey's from. But in, I think that uh, this town is like a mini New York. Uh, it's a wonderful life. That's what separates it from other small towns, is that it's full of, it's quite diverse. It has uh, poor people, rich people, it's got black people, white people, it's got ethnic Catholics, it's got uh, non-ethnic Protestants, and um, so it's it's a very diverse little town, which there are towns like that, uh, not in Indiana, but uh, in uh, New York or wherever it is. So that's a really um, something to consider is what sort of people live here. Um, it, they could be very similar to each other. They can be very different. In Hogwarts, for example, everybody's either a witch or a wizard kind of thing. And remember, in Hogwarts, I know her last name is Cho, but she was a white girl adopted. But no, I'm just kidding. That's the <laughs> stupidest fan theory I've ever heard. Yeah, because <laughs> the, the, I, I think presumably magic is fairly evenly distributed among the. If if anything, groups. most of the students at Hogwarts should be Chinese. Um, so. Another question is, who in this setting is in most conflict with the setting? So you have George Bailey, who's desperate to get out. Uh, he's very much in conflict with the setting. In contrast, who fits best? Harry is not in... He loves Hogwarts. Yes. It, this is truly home to him. So, I mean, that is uh, a great example of showing that there are many different stories to tell and that you can tell. Um, I mean, so these, I mean, both these examples are really, really strong, well-written protagonists who go on journeys, but their initial motivations, the exact opposite. Yes, and I think that that's, that's, so that's a question. If you're going to have a character there, do you want the character to be, to fit in that environment, to belong to it, or to be in conflict with it in some way? Yeah, I mean, so is your protagonist in... uh, you know, it, at the setting of Troy, the city of Troy, is your protagonist here to defend the city, or is your protagonist here invading, attempting to conquer uh, the city? Hector or, or Achilles? Yes. <coughs> yeah, because you can also have someone, a stranger, enter this setting. The whole fish out of water idea is here's someone who's not, doesn't belong in this setting and has arrived in the setting. And that's interesting too. Uh, but think about, you know, what characters are you going to concentrate on? I made the mistake in the Shakespeare Falls thing of concentrating so much on creating the setting that, you know, the, the, the bookstore is here and the coffee shop is here and all that, um, that I, I didn't really start thinking very much about what kind of people would be here. And uh, so once I started thinking about that, the story ideas just came out. Uh, the setting generates 
conflict generates uh, customs, generates rituals, all that kind of stuff. However, eventually we have to put some people in there. Uh, yes, also uh, something that you said made me think this, but also so like the tone that you are going for, uh, setting can be really important because so if you're trying to write comedy, a real easy way to find humor is to have a main character in a setting that do not go together. Mm -hmm. So you can come up with an absurd setting like Wonderland or Oz and put a normal person in that. Or you can have an insane uh, character in 2020 Brooklyn, New York, uh, and they're like a cartoon barbarian or something. That's why the Cheers Frasier dyad of sitcoms is really kind of fun to watch because Frasier is totally a fish out of water when he's in this working class bar in Boston, he just doesn't really realize it. Yeah, why? Why does he go to this bar? <laughs> he's a psychiatrist. Why, why is he friends he's with Cliff and Norm? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And then he moves to Seattle, and he still, even though he's living in this posh apartment, he still doesn't really fit, even though he ought to. And then you realize when you contrast the two, it's not the settings that are off; it's Frasier. Yes, stuff. which and and that's what makes him such a funny. Yeah, character. and that's where you get generate the comedy. Yes. Okay, so another thing is okay. Um, I'm thinking of the movie The Martian, which is about an astronaut who gets left on Mars accidentally, which uh, was pretty... But if you're going to do something where there's some kind of extreme thing going on, uh, one question is, who can survive the setting? Who has the skills for the setting? And this is an astronaut, so he's very disciplined. This is a botanist, so he knows how to grow the potato plants and things like that. So uh, if you're going to have an endurance story, unless you're going to have the guy die halfway through, you pretty much have to... uh, find someone who can either who either has the skills or can yeah so but also so you don't even necessarily have to go to mars but the call of the wild or to build a fire or uh, 127 hours 127 hours you can't uh, you're so with the how extreme the setting is and how difficult it is to survive in this setting you can't have your main character be a school teacher from sub a suburb in Illinois, unless you have a great explanation of why they're also a, why this, uh, this lady who teaches at the elementary school is also a survivalist. Yeah. And it's also interesting that when you have, and the endurance story, as you were saying with Jack London's, uh, uh, call of the wild and to build a fire and then updated with this 127 hours, uh, that these endurance stories character does have to kind of recede a bit because yes. if these guys had super, important psychological and internal issues that they have to get over no they don't have time for that they got to survive first yes and and um so uh i mean specifically in 127 hours so he doesn't really like his job and he flirts with two girls and then then the, he has to cut the his setting off. yeah the setting takes over from yeah. there and the brutality of it of it and if you're going to survive you have to focus on the essential and that's really interesting and that is a genre on its own so who has the skills to survive this so so let's sum up about setting um, that uh, it's a really good place to start, yes. especially if you're thinking of writing a series of stories. Uh, it's a really good place to start if you're writing visual stories like a film or TV um, uh, or a video game. What it, else is a good place to start? I, I would say it's, also, it's a great place to start if you don't know who your character or characters are yet because starting out, figuring out your setting, okay, well, so who would be here oh okay this type of person oh okay well so what could be interesting uh about them 
Uh, so if you don't have, it's also a great place to start if you don't uh, have, if you don't understand what your plot is yet. Yeah, because the setting, if you if you build in that idea that it's got rituals, it's got customs, it's got areas, it's got regions, it's got conflicts, then you can come up with a plot. Yes. And that you can, um, I, I had an idea, you know, sort of like in the 50s, before the polio vaccine came out, small towns in the summer, there, there might be a polio epidemic. And so this is the place the polio epidemic happened that summer. And... Uh, you know, so you can come up with a plot because you've come up with a place in a conflict and out of that can arise a character. Um, I just also think if you want continuity uh, in a series especially, um, it really helps to know the setting and how many different plots and characters it can generate. Setting's also a great place to start if you don't know anything else about the story that you're trying to write because... If you get detailed enough with the setting, you can figure all the rest out later. You will figure out the emotion. Uh, you'll figure out the idea behind uh, your story. You will probably come up with multiple characters, and then you can pick who you think is the most interesting well, I was and make them your protagonist. My Shakespeare, truly all I have is the, the, the name of the town, Shakespeare Falls, and immediately I thought, someone wants to start a Shakespeare theater there. Who would that be? That'd be the mayor. Who's this mayor? And I immediately thought, well, she couldn't have grown up there because she would have grown up with a whole attitude everybody has with nothing can change here. We've got to keep it the same, so it's got to be an outsider. And, and so pretty soon, I had pretty much come up with Everything, simply because I decided this is Shakespeare Falls and someone's going to want to start a Shakespeare theater. And sometimes that's all it takes. So, um, what else do you... Uh, I, I guess I think if you're going to do this, if setting's going to be important, think seriously about it, write about it, before you get too much into character or plot. Actually write about the, yeah. the place. Um, and, and remember, it can be big like Westeros, or it can be small like the skyscraper in Die Hard, or a small town, or Hogwarts, or something. But no matter what it is, it's going to have a place and a time. It's going to have customs. Yeah, Build fi- the world there. Fi- figure out your town, or kingdom, or your whole Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we said, it, it's, it's a great place to start, for a lot of reasons. And I would say it's a great place, often, to, if you want to develop some kind of social issues or cultural issues. Regency England, for example, I have found um, it's it's a, a good setting to explore the concept of what effect war has on young men because the Napoleonic War was taking place during that time. Um, on the restrictions uh, society might place on women. Uh, and, and so you can e- even look at, by confining it to one place, you can look at a multitude of different social issues um, and show how that affects this place, how women are held back, and, and how men come back from the war with PTSD and things yes, like and, that. and she needs to help handsome soldier. Yeah, I wrote a book like that, actually. <laughs> so, uh, and and he then learns that he needs to help her as well. Right. That, that, uh, but so, um, so, anyway, setting's a good place to start, um, but it's not where you end. No one's going to read a novel or watch a movie that's just about setting. And that doesn't have people, that doesn't have plot, that doesn't have ideas going on. So, so we'll come back to that. We'll come back to the piece of Spice of Plot next.
thank you to Nick Weber and the Heartland Heretics for the intro and outro music. This is James Raisley. We'll be back next time to discuss another plot element.